It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer John McClane. From Sports Radio 610, right now on Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. John McClain joins us now on the phone lines with Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And, John, I got so many different things I want to ask you about, so many different storylines in the NFL. Let's start in D.C. with the Washington Commanders. Ron Rivera came out today and said that the – the young guys, the young players in that room, uh, in that offensive side of the ball, they're, 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 they're concerned with the way that Eric Bieniemy has been coaching. Was that a smart thing to say to the media today? I don't think it was. I mean, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Uh, the young players are concerned. Are the veterans concerned? There's a lot of young players. And he didn't say rookies. He said young players. Mm-hmm. I could be guys in their second or third year. Eric Bieniemy. He kind of got lost in shuffle. Kansas City, Andy Reid called the plays. Matt Nagy and then Mike Kafka did most of the coaching of Patrick Mahomes. He's trying to establish himself with Sam Howell. And uh, I would imagine he's going all out to do that. And I don't know whose place. I forgot whose place he was taking. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. It just shows Eric Bieniemy is busting his butt to try to be an NFL head coach. Is it a possibility that Coach Rivera was kind of sending a message without sending a message that, hey, this is the concern of some of the young guys? Oh, I don't know, Q, whether it was a message or what. Uh, I just, you know, any little thing that gets played up really big, <laughs> yeah. and that's something that got a lot of attention. But there's so many other things going on in sports that uh, that kind of pales in comparison. No, you're right about that. Again, John McClain joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. I wanted to go to Indy as well and talk about Jonathan Taylor. He's left camp to rehab his ankle, and I say that in air quotes. Um, this situation with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts doesn't seem like it's getting better anytime soon, John. They've done a poor job of handling it instead of killing him with kindness and telling them, look, we want you to come back and stay healthy don't have another injury plague season. Try to see our side of it. You play the way you did two years ago, you'll get a good contract. Now, other teams are not going to give it more. They could have boosted something this year, but chose not to do it. And they mishandled, especially the owner Jim Ursay. Now they got Kareem Hunt on the way there after he worked out in New Orleans. And Taylor, it's weird. He's left the building to go rehab on his own. And you don't see that. Guys rehab at the facilities that can keep an eye on them. So there's got to be more to it behind the scenes than meets the eye. Yeah, and at first, John, it was, okay, he's got a back situation. He went out on Twitter and said he never had a back situation. And then you see him walking around practice, and he was limping like he had a back situation. And now he's rehabbing his ankle. It just seems like this is a a cat-and-mouse situation. I don't know if Jonathan Taylor could win it, but it just seems like it's a lot of back and forth between the two parties. If you don't have a back injury, you better not say it's a back, even though that's a good one to cover up when you're trying to hold in. But any other team that's interested is going to say, whoa, he's got a back problem. Right. That scares the heck out of everybody if an athlete has a back problem because all of us who have back problems or had them, we know how ornery they can be and how many problems they can cause. So it's just an ugly situation for a team that shouldn't be very good. And a rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, I'll bet he rushes for more yards 
than uh, Lamar Jackson because first sign of trouble, he's going to run right now. They don't have a running game, and uh, they look to be one of the worst teams in the league. Speaking of rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud is going to get to start for Houston on Thursday. Uh, what What is D'Amico Ryans and the Texans coaching staff? What do you think they're looking for in preseason game number one? Well, we know how long he was going to be number one. We didn't know if he'd start the first preseason game over veteran uh, Davis Mills. But they put that to bed yesterday. Now he is the starter. And we asked Ryans, what are you looking for him in the first game? And the first thing he said, being able to take command of the huddle. And that means to get the play in through your helmet communicative device and relay it to your teammates, show confidence. If you if you make a bad play, don't let it linger. Bounce back. All rookie quarterbacks are going to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And the key is, do they let it affect them on the next play or can they blow it off? Because in college, most of them have made many bad plays. And uh, so that's what they want to see. You know, if he, if he plays first series and they score a touchdown, which is unlikely because it's just not a team scores a lot of touchdowns, they might pull him. But to me, he's working with a rookie center, Juice Scruggs, from Michigan, who was thrust into the first team when the starter went down for the season. So you have a rookie center, a rookie quarterback, meaning to take as many snaps as they can, whether it's under center or in the, a shotgun. But uh, they need a lot of work, so they got joint practices coming up the next two weeks. That'll be really good for the quarterbacks. But any rookies in that position undergoing that kind of pressure, they need as much playing time as possible. I'm glad you mentioned the joint practices that are coming up. The Raiders have joint practices with the Niners this week and then next week with the Rams. How big is that for teams, even more than the preseason games are? It's big because the coaches can control it. You know, the quarterbacks don't get hit. That's good. But you get to see full full contact. I don't know what the Raiders are doing. The Texans put on the pads. And guys go down, but it's not because they take them to the ground. It's because they get in and they fall or they slip or they trip over somebody. But in joint practices, coaches determine everything they want to see and for how long. One of the best things about joint practices to me, Q, is watching the pass rushers go against the offensive linemen. I used to love to go down in a corner of a joint practice and watch J.J. Watt work against the offensive tackles from the other teams and watch how frustrated they would get. And that's why you'll see, you'll see like Derek Stingley will be trying to cover next week Tyreek Hill. Mm. Jason Waddle will be, will be going up against a veteran and Steven Nelson. So we don't need to see Nelson, but we need to see a lot out of Stanley because he missed nine games last year. So that's why joint practices are good. I've had coaches tell me, too, I'd give up all preseason games if we could have all the joint practices we wanted. I bet. I really do. I feel like that they get a lot more work in in those joint practices than they do in the preseason games. You mentioned the offensive line going up against the defensive line and vice versa. The Texans, to me, at one point looked like they had a pretty solid offensive line, but it's starting to be some injuries are piling up. How concerning is that for a rookie quarterback? Well, they're concerned because their starting right tackle, Titus Howard, had to have surgery on a broken hand yesterday, and they're saying four to six weeks. Nobody knows. You can play with a club on your hand, so I, I'm guessing he'll start the opener. Their third tackle, Charlie Heck, has been out you know, since he had knee surgery in off season. so they're signing tackles off the street. A guy they signed last week, 
George Fan. He's having a run with the first team at right tackle. So I'm guessing C.J. Stroud's routes will be short. The release will be quick, and they'll run the ball a lot. John McClain, Sports Radio 610, joins us here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned earlier about Lamar Jackson. How do you feel like he bounces back this year in Baltimore with added weapons around him and now Todd Monken leading the charge as the offensive coordinator? Big time. You know, Jackson's always been a great regular season quarterback. He's won one playoff game. And he's measured when you're a great quarterback and making kind of money, he is now on playoff victories. You know, do you get to the Super Bowl? How close do you get? I look for him to really light it up. Well, not light it up. Of course he's going to light it up as a runner because he loves doing it and he's so great at it. But I think that he'll have a more versatile passing game with better better receivers and a new coach who's more versed kind of in the modern passing game. So I think it'll be great for him. They always run the ball. Right. Uh, John Arbaugh insists on it. They'll always rank among the top teams. They don't have a great running back, but when you got the best running quarterback, and Anthony Richardson may supplant him with that title, but uh, that's still going to be their bread and butter of the run, which should help him passing more than ever. And I can't wait to see. You know, he's really good at throwing the ball down the middle to his tight ends, Mark Andrews. Now he's got wide outs, but he's never been a great thrower to the boundaries. And I can't wait when regular season starts against Texas to see how much he's improved doing that under Monkey. You know, uh, looking at that division, the AFC North, we talked last year about the AFC West potentially being the best division in football. It turned out not to be. Could the AFC North play that role this year? You are as good as your worst team. So in the NFC East, you got to say Washington in the AFC North to get Pittsburgh. And with second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett probably gonna, going to make substantial improvement and a proven great coach, Mike Tomlin, I'm going to say that it's going to be the AFC North. Now, Dallas is capable of winning the division over Pittsburgh, I mean Philadelphia. The odds are against the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because uh, when you lose a Super Bowl, other than New England, I don't think a team has gone back since the 90s when the Steelers did it. So the odds are against them. Now, maybe they'll change it. But uh, uh, as far as the AFC West, you know, you look, I don't think Denver's anything special. Do you? No. I don't. I don't know if the Raiders are going to be special. They need Josh Jacobs. You need Jimmy G to stay healthy. So. I think it's the NFC East and the AFC North. I think that that's fair. I really do. I look at those divisions and feel pretty pretty uh, strongly about those two being really good this upcoming year. You mentioned Josh Jacobs. I wanted to ask you a question, and, and this is because I don't know. I've had people ask me, and I said, look, I don't know the specifics. I, there's reports out there that people think that the Raiders could rescind the, the tag on Josh Jacobs. But then they also asked Josh, or, uh, John if they were to rescind it, could they just sign him to a long-term deal after they rescind it? And I don't think that's possible. Is Do you know the specifics? Well, first of all, why in the world would they do that and just let him walk away as a free agent? Right. That's They're going to have him. He's going to play. He's not going to walk away. It's easy to stay out and talk big at this time because you're not getting the game checks. You're getting like 3000 uh, a week. I think that's what veterans make. I think what the Raiders should do is the same thing that the Giants did to Saquon Barkley, give him like 900000 give him a million to come in, let him save some face where he doesn't have to come with his 
tail tucked between his legs, give him some incentives based on having a season like last year and helping the win total. I'm always for incentive bonuses that have to do with victories more than stats and uh, because it's a team game. So Josh Jacobs will be there, be the deal with that, of course, is Garoppolo staying healthy. Right, exactly. And, you know, he struggled the last couple of practices, but his training camp, so I don't want to take, you know, too much stock in that. But, I mean, John, his history has not been very good as far as staying healthy. For the Raiders to succeed, he's got to be behind center. You know, the thing, going back to Josh Jacobs, you know, why would you do that? That makes no sense. Right. You let a guy walk. Some teams have franchise players that were borderline franchise players. Josh Jacobs is not borderline. And so there's no way they're going to let him go. There's just not. And he'll have to play, and he'll have to play under that franchise tag. It's still a lot of money. And if they sweeten the pot just a little bit, let him come in happy, I think that would be great for the running game. And it would certainly help Garoppolo because, as you know, Q, there is the best friend of a quarterback is a strong running game. There's no doubt about it, and uh, we'll, Mike, we'll drop the mic on that note because I do think that that's exactly what's going to happen as well. Your good friend Shereen Williams kind of told us about that a few weeks ago, and, and then Saquon Barkley immediately after that signed that same deal, like you said, with a little bit of sweetener on top, and I think that's what Josh Jacobs is going to have as well. I, just... I believe that as well. I think the fans shouldn't panic about Josh Jacobs. Anybody can throw anything they want out there right now, and teams aren't going to dispute it. He'll be, be there. He should still have a lot to play for, and I think uh, he will He will be the best thing that's happened to Jimmy G. Absolutely, no doubt. John McClain, Sports Radio 610. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, John? Well, my columns are on SportsRadio610.com. I also have three podcasts called Utopia Football Podcasts on our website, and I'm working on one that people are going to hear about. A 5'8", 165-pound receiver named Tank. Tank Dell, third-round pick, led all college receivers in yards and touchdowns last year, and he's going to be exciting. Can't wait to see him in the preseason opener against New England. And i got two Astros columns on there as well. Q, thank you very much, as always. Appreciate you, John. Thanks so much. There he goes, John McClain, Sports Radio 610, The General, on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And, yeah, uh, I've been getting peppered, Ari, with so many questions like, Q, Q, what about this report? And what about that report? And I was like, man, they ain't going to rescind his tag, you know. And I, I know there's reports out there that the Chiefs and the Chargers or the Chiefs and the Broncos would be interested. And I'm thinking none of that makes any sense. But out of, out of respect for the question that's been asked to me and peppered to me, I said, I'll ask. No problem. And I'll ask someone smarter than me and knows much more than I do. And, you know, and then the other conversation, Ari, has been about, well, if they just rescind his tag and give him a multi-year deal, uh, then that'll work. And I'm like, it's past the deadline. It's not going to happen. It's going to be the one-year deal, put a little sugar on top, and call it a day. Like, I don't understand why it's, such, it's been such a controversial thing. But, I mean, it's, it's just as simple as what John said as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, and I gotta just chime in as now that I took over like the show since I've taken it, I've been getting all these random like in my news feeds and stuff. It's a lot of like uh, I'll just call it conjecture about the Raiders, like unsubstantiated stuff, and you hear you just see and hear so much stuff. So I I kind of get the questions, but there's just like so much stuff to filter through to get to the truth. So right, exactly. You gotta know the sources, I guess I should say. Right, for sure. And that's again, that's John why McClain. I just that's why I say you know what I'll just ask someone who knows a lot more than I do. Uh, again, I didn't realize weeks ago when we had Sharina on and she said what she thought was going to happen with Saquon and, and Josh, 
she dropped a nugget that I'm not ashamed of saying I didn't realize they could even do. Right? And I said it on the show immediately after. I was like, hey, I didn't know that that was even a possibility. And people are like, oh, I can't believe you didn't know that. I ain't the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even try to be. Hell, I didn't even stay at a Motel 6 last night. I didn't do none of that, right? Is it, but, uh, isn't it a Holiday Inn? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> See, to your point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a Holiday Inn, a Motel yeah, 6. Sometimes you don't know. I don't know, man. I know where I stayed last night, right there in my bed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right? And to worry about Nailed none of that it. stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. So there's that. But uh, many thanks to John McClain. We definitely appreciate him each and every uh, Tuesday. He joins us at 3 o'clock. Ari, we have an opportunity to, to play a little bit of sound real quick. Do you want to play a little sound, or, or do you think we should take a quick break? What do you want to do? You let me know. Kind of in that in-between spot. Yeah, let's let's hit the break, and we'll come right back. And okay, we'll hit the that. break. We'll come right back. You'll hear from Jason Simmons. This was a really good conversation that we had with him uh, for talking about all things secondary. We'll do that when we come back. Plus, we got plenty of calls and texts, so we got plenty of time. And then at 4 o'clock, Bridget Condon from NFL Network, she'll join the show to talk, well, all things Raiders training camp, and she was there on Sunday. So we got a lot to get to. Well, no, you know what? Let's do caller number nine. How about we do that right now? Caller number nine. I knew I was going to do something creative and good. Right now, we're going to hey. get you qualified for four tickets to an aviators game that's going to give you a shot at winning the weekly grand prize trip this week's trip headed to new orleans so five days in new orleans you got a show on a riverboat swamp tour on an airboat thousand dollars spending money if you don't want to go to new orleans which i don't know why you wouldn't want to go but if you don't you can always take the three thousand dollars cash straight up just like that call number nine 702-365-9200 702-365-9200 this is radio nation radio 920 I was been good. I mean, I worked with him while he was rehabbing a lot, so I was pretty used to how his pass. I mean, he throws a nice ball. He got a lot of velocity on it, um, but he's doing good. He's working himself back. Um, he's getting better each day, and um, I'm just I'm glad that he's out there, uh, just working working with us and we're just trying to get better. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We're calling it Studio Q. Right there, you heard Raiders wide receiver Philip Dorsett talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're working on building their chemistry as Jacoby Myers is working on building his chemistry, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, the list goes on and on and on. Trey Tucker as well. Everybody's trying to build the chemistry with one Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll see how that chemistry is looking later on this week when the 49ers and that defense comes to town. They're not going to throw the whole kitchen sink at Jimmy G and the Raiders' offense, but they're still a really good defense, even if they're very simplistic, right? Just their base defense is really good. So we'll get a little bit of a taste, a little bit of an idea of how good this Raiders' offense could be, I believe. I think we'll see a lot from Jimmy. I don't think you'll see anything from him in the preseason game, but I think you'll see a lot from Jimmy in the in the joint practices. I think you'll see a lot from Aiden O'Connell, Brian Hoyer, and, of course, this Raiders offense. So that's coming up at the end of the week. Very excited about that. Uh, got to give a big shout-out to my guy, Steven. He got registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game. More importantly, he's part of the mix when it comes to the Lotus Summer of Fun. Uh, five days in New Orleans, uh, show on a riverboat, swamp tour on an airboat, $1,000 spending money, or he could take the cash, $3,000 straight up, and just say, hey, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, here it is, I'm out, right? I mean, you could do that simple as that if you want, or you could take the trip. Personally, I'd take the trip, but that's your choice. Uh, you got to win it first. So uh, my man Steven is one step closer getting registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game. we got more winning on the way, not only on this show, but the morning tailgate and JT the Brick throughout the course of the week. And we have one more week. One more week. We've gone eight weeks long, eight weeks strong when it comes to the Lotus Summer of Fun. So uh, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Shout out to my man Wendell, who won back many weeks ago. He was a winner that came right from this show. 
I like to call him as homegrown. He was homegrown. His his roots are planted in unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And not only did those roots, not only did we water them, not only did they grow, but they won. And he got the $3,000 cash and uh, was able to take the family to Disneyland. That was awesome. So uh, we want to create another winner. So, Steven, uh, I have a good feeling that you could be that guy just because, again, this show produces winners. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do, Ari. We got to brag when we can, brother. <laughs> I mean, don't forget, also, we also helped, you know, because we're right down the hallway, so it's us. Yep. Comp, we got that comp winner as well. So. We had a winner come from comp, and, Just you know, saying. again, we ass- assisted in that, right? right. It wasn't – it sure wasn't flicker. Gooch. <laughs> it wasn't Gooch. It wasn't Huff. It wasn't Salerno. It sure wasn't Sylvia. It was <laughs> us. <laughs> Right, we block, we blocked all the way to the end zone. That's what right we now. All those guys <laughs> and Sylvia's ears are ringing right now. Like really, really, Q just dogged us out like that. Now, let me see if they're still here. Hang on a second. Ah! <laughs> ah, what do you know? Ah. They're having a little chat back there. Oh, well, I'm sure good. it's about work stuff. I'm sure it was. Well, maybe they heard their names then. Maybe they heard their names and now they're on point. No, but we we shout out to our sister station. That's actually that's actually where the Raiders games are broadcasted on the FM side of things. So we love our sister station, Comp FM. And, of course, we do our thing here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And all our stations in the Lotus building, they're, they're amazing. So we do a great job. I just like giving a bad time because, well, that's what we do. I got a couple texts that I want to get to and then let you hear from uh, secondary coach Jason Simmons. Had a good opportunity to catch up with him earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But since we talked to so many different position group coaches, I wanted to know what position group are you most encouraged by and what position are you most concerned about? Me personally, I'm feeling pretty encouraged about the secondary. From what I've seen, and just feels like the guys are understanding what they're supposed to do. Still a little concerned about the linebacking room. So those are the two for me, but would love to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R, and of course 702-365-9200. Mailman Raider said, Q, I'm going to agree with you on being the most encouraged about the cornerback room, which is funny because if you asked us two months ago, we were most concerned about that group. And I'm most concerned by, and it's not a position group, so sorry, but the coaching staff. I think they need to step up big time on play calling on both sides, hopefully having their guys, they open it up. But only time will tell. You know what? It's not necessarily a position group when it comes to the coaching staff, but it's a position group, right? It's the coaching staff. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, the one thing about it is, when you look at the defensive side of things, like Antonio Pierce, even though I said the linebacking room is, is, is a room that I have concern about, I feel like he's a really good coach, right? When we talked to Cynthia Freeland on Friday and she said that not only is he a really good coach, but he's a really good teacher, that went a long way. And I said that to him today when I talked to him. I said, hey, we had Cynthia on, and this is what she said about you. Why? And it's almost like his eyes lit up. And, and explain why he's a really good teacher. So you'll hear from Antonio Pierce. Please believe that was a good little conversation we had with him as well. Uh, Carmen Brasillo, offensive line coach, I see how he gets after it in practice. For me, that's the kind of guy that, you know, gets me going, right, gets, gets me fired up. Uh, Jason Simmons, you'll hear from him in a few minutes. I think he's a, a really good coach. He kind of oversees all the secondary. Chris, a- Chris Ash is actually uh, the cornerback coach, uh, and I didn't get a chance to talk to him. It was him, Coach Leonard. I didn't get to talk to those two guys. Uh, I was trying to. I was trying to, but it just didn't happen. Scott Turner, passing game quarter coordinator, didn't get a chance to catch up with him either, but uh, was able to talk to Jason Simmons, Antonio Pierce, Bo Hardigree, Carmen Basillo, Kennedy Palomalo, and Edgar Bennett. But there was a couple that I wasn't able to catch up with. Uh, Jerry Shlupinski, uh, the tight ends coach, wasn't able to catch up with him either. So there's about three, three guys that I didn't get, but for the most part, I was able to catch up to them. So, uh, Mailman Raider, thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. Also, we got a text from uh, 
Dave B. Yeah, Dave B. in the 757. Q, I agree with you, and based on the reports I've seen and heard that I'm the most optimistic about the secondary, but I have two areas of concern. Linebacker room, particularly in coverage, and running back room, also a question for me. If we don't get Jacobs back to start the season, there's questions there. Have to be able to run the rock and not rely on Jimmy G to go over 30 attempts a game. Really good text right there from Dave B. And, yeah, uh, the run game is going to be a strength. We've seen how Jimmy has thrived. He has a really good defense, and he has a good run game. And I have a lot of confidence that Zamir White's going to be a good running back. But it's one thing to be a good running back, and it's another thing to be Josh Jacobs. Like, I'm not going to be the rest of everybody else where it's like, oh, you can get a running back anywhere. Oh, there's, you know, you can, you can get one in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever, undrafted guy, and he could do the same job. Or we can do, you know, running back by committee and, and still have the same, the same success. Where you might get the same yards, you might still get the same touchdowns, but you don't get the same, the same attitude. You don't get the same leadership. You don't get the same... Uh, how do you say it, just kind of not swagger but confidence. I mean, it's just there's something different when a guy like Josh Jacobs or any stud running back like a Derrick Henry when he carries the rock. That does something for the rest of the team. They get fired up, right? I talked to Kennedy Palomalo, who he's coached a lot of really good running backs. Adrian Peterson, you might have heard of him, <laughs> right? Dalvin Cook, you may have heard of him. Josh Jacobs last year, you may have heard of him. I mean, Kennedy Palomalo has coached a lot of really good running backs. There's something different between good backs and – and, and and special backs. Josh Jacobs is a special back, so they definitely need him. They need a, a combination of him and Zamir and, and maybe even throw in another running back. But I don't think you're going to see as many carries from Jacobs this year, but still you need to have that guy in that room. Let's get one quick call, and then we'll go out to and we'll, we'll uh, hear from Jason Simmons, the secondary coach. Let's uh let's talk to Raider Cease. Uh, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show, Raider Cease. Hey, how's it going, Keith? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Um so I think the one concern group I have is the defensive tackles, okay. just because we haven't seen anything from them in years, and we're still not sure what to get out of it. Um, and I'm positive on the wide receivers. Um, one thing that I was watching on YouTube when it came to Trey Tucker, and all the highlights you would watch of Trey Tucker, it's interesting that he was always like underthrown. Uh, most of the highlights you see that he always had to kind of run back the ball like it's a little bit too quick so mm-hmm. i feel like that's going to really work with jimmy g you know he wants to throw it out quickly and the fact that you know trey tucker has that speed he's a burner he'll get behind people really quick so that's what i got i like it i like it raider seas thanks for the call man i appreciate you and yeah i'm interested in how trey tucker is used in this offense i really am because a lot of the times i didn't see him being the deep threat all the time. I saw him as the guy that they got the ball in his hands and let him do his magic because of all that speed that he has. I believe, and this is just gut feeling, I believe you'll see a lot of end arounds, jet sweeps, you know, quick smokes out to the outside just to get him in space, wide receiver screens, stuff like that, where he could have an opportunity to get the yaks, the yards after the catch. That's where I think he's really going to thrive. I'm looking forward to what he brings to the table, but I look at the wide receiver room and I look at Devontae Adams. I look at Jacoby Myers. I look at Hunter Renfro, right? Just those guys right there are already dangerous. And then you add in Trey Tucker, what he could bring to the table. I think he makes a guy like DJ Turner uh, expendable, right? DJ Turner made the team last year as an undrafted free agent. I don't think he makes the team this year because the, the, the room is that much more talented this year. They've got a lot of, of, of really good talent that could r- really replace uh, a guy like Turner who's got a lot of speed. But guess what? So does Trey Tucker. So does DeAndre Carter. So does Philip Dorsett, right? I mean, you can't just say, well, hey, I'm a fast guy. I'm going to make the team. No, everybody's fast, <laughs> right? That's the thing about it. That's, that's something that they really focused on 
this offseason was building up that team's speed. Going out and getting DeAndre Carter and Philip Dorsett lets you know right there that they needed speed. Then drafting Tucker, even though a lot of people, including myself, was like, yeah, that's kind of curious. That's, a, that's an interesting pick. But you see, after it's all put together, like, okay, now I get what they're doing. They're trying to have speed everywhere. Defense and offense, something that they clearly need. So, Raider Seas, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. You can keep those texts coming, even the calls coming. It's all good. 702-365-9200. We don't have another guest until 4 o'clock when we talk to Bridget Condon from NFL Network. We'll talk all things about what she saw from uh, Raiders training camp and the people that she was talking to at Raiders training camp when she was there on Sunday with Coach David Shaw. But right now, let's go ahead and uh, hear from Jason Simmons. He's a secondary coach. We had an opportunity to catch up with him earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Really good stuff from Jason Simmons. It's a little bit lengthier, really good stuff from earlier today. Well, Coach, 10, 10 practices in the book. How are you feeling about, especially the secondary and the addition of Marcus Peters, how they're looking so far? I'm excited the way the guys are working. Yeah. I mean, the guys are really bought in uh, to everything we're talking about, effort, communication, and discipline. They know it's a competitive environment, and everybody's receptive to it. I, co- I covered uh, Marcus in, when he was with the Rams. I remember talking to his positional coaches, and they said that he loves to be coached. He loves to be coached hard, too, and likes to be challenged. Is that kind of what you're sensing as well? That's the exact impression that I have. I mean, he does. I mean, he loves football. I mean, whenever you have a guy that, that enjoys football, wants to succeed in football, he wants to take in any information that he can get to get better. Um, you look at his production, uh, 32 interceptions, six taken back for touchdowns. It doesn't just happen. Um, there's probably an art and uh, a lot that goes into that. Um, from your perspective, what does go into something like that? Is it a mindset, talent, combination of both? Well, it, it definitely starts with a mindset. It starts with guys, you know, with the mindset of I'm going to get the ball, I'm going to attack the ball, understanding that, that turnovers is the number one, you know, in terms of stat, in terms of winning and losing. And he knows the importance of it. And he knows, you know, guys that get the ball are on the field. We all know we're seeing a lot of guys on the field what kind of talent he is, what his resume is. Does anything surprise you about who he is off the field, his personality? Uh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't really enter into it with, with any thoughts. You know, I wanted to get to know the man. Uh, so I'm just really happy, you know, that, that he is a smart player, that he is a player that that's, wants to help the younger players. You know, and that's always good for a veteran. So I've been happy so far with everything with him. How important has he and Marcus Epps been for that room, for the secondary in general? I mean, they've been great. I mean, any time you can bring experience into the room, mm-hmm. you know, it's always great for a young room. I mean, they've been bouncing things off of the young guys. Young guys have been bouncing things off of them. Yeah. Uh, so it's been really good. It feels like that carries over on the field. I mean, we're seeing more plays on balls, um, aggressive plays, interceptions, obviously. Is, is, is it carrying? I mean, you're ta- obviously talking about it, but do you see it carrying over on the field as well in practice? Yeah, I mean, yes, it is. I mean, it's always something. Anytime, you, you know, every year you go, you talk about turnovers. You talk about turnover differential. You talk about how important it is, as I said before, to winning and losing. You know, but, I mean, the guys are coming in. They're taking advantage of their opportunities. I, I think we're playing well as a cohesive unit. Uh, so the guys are seeing some success. But as you know, I mean, we're just trying to get better every, every day. How much a part of the process? I know they brought in Peters a couple of times to work out. Uh, how much a part of that process were, were you? And what was your – basically, what was your reaction when they actually landed him and they finally got him in here? You know, to be honest with you uh, – 
Like, I know to, my biggest thing in, in, in the NFL is knowing your lane. And my lane is to coach the guys. You know, to, to, to be honest with you. I know it's a lot of times they bounce yeah. things off the coach. They, they do. What do you, they do. Your thoughts? They, they do. You know, whenever you can add a player with that type of uh, productivity, uh, that type of experience, it's always good. But my thing is to coach whoever they put in my room and to coach them as best I can. Are you excited, though, when they, when they land and you're like, oh, absolutely. 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 Excited, to, excited to coach better. Excited to coach a guy that's had success in the league prior. I know they're on a lot of good defenses. I know it's almost cliche, but does he bring like a, an edge, a, a confidence, a swagger when he's on the field to the secondary? You know, added to that, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the biggest thing is, I mean, Marcus Peters, I mean, he's a man. You know what I mean? He's a confident man. Uh, I don't think whatever setting it is, if DB room, if he, if he walks in here right now, you'll feel that edge. You'll feel that type of confidence. That's just what he brings. What about Nate and Jacorian? They've been in his ear. They look like they're side by side with him all the time, picking his brain. What have you seen from them, their growth in 10 practices so far? Just trying to learn every day. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to trying to learn through successes and, and, and learn through mistakes. I mean, the, the one thing when you see with a, with a guy like Marcus, I mean, he just stays. It's just even kill. You know, he makes a play. He gets beat. He moves on to the next play. And that's kind of been the biggest thing for those young guys to see. He said he was excited to be called the OG in the room. <laughs> I don't know who's excited to be the OG, but he was excited. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is. You, you go through <laughs> through different phases in this league. He, yeah. he was the young buck at one point. Right, right. You know, and, but the thing is, though, the willingness to give back to the young guys, I, I really appreciate that and really respect it. Conversely, Jacorian is the young kid in the room, but he doesn't act like it on the field. Um, what are your impressions so far of him and, and just the demeanor as well as the guy? More so than anything, I mean, he was raised the right way. Like, if there's anything, I, I mean, number one, you got to commend, you know, his family. Right. I mean, just the way he was raised, just the, I mean, the, the young man. You know, then we could get into the football, but that that allows him to be successful wherever he goes. What kind of differences have you seen in Nate Hobbs moving back to primarily working in the slot this season? Nate's a DB. I mean, Nate, 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 Nate's, a, Nate's a football player. I think to ever say that, that Nate is just one thing would be doing him a disservice. Uh, I know, you know, everybody speaks to injuries that he had last year and all those things. Nate is just a ball player. We're going to allow Nate to go make plays. Did you see him flourishing? I mean, he seems like he's happier focusing on it. He's got, he's got the tackling abilities. He, he can work the inside of the field, which is obviously it's not an easy thing to do. Nate just wants to be on the field. I'll, I'll be honest with you. And, and when you talk to him and you see the excitement, you know, just when he's out there, it's just to have the cleats on, have the helmet on, and just play. It feels like when watching Nate, he could be a little bit of a chess piece for you, where you can move him around all over the field. Is that kind of how he might be evolving in terms of his role? And that's the thing. I mean, the, the way Pat sees the defense, he wants the best football players out there. And then that now presents issues, you know, for offenses in terms of where guys move. So, I mean, he can be all over the place. Like I say, we just see him all as football players. I want to go back to Jacorian real quick. And you talked about how he was raised right. How quickly did that kind of, you knew that, like, that? okay, this is obvious. This young man was raised right. And, how much can that help him moving forward as a football player as well? Um, it, I, I think it's really going to help him. I, I think it's going to allow him uh, to be receptive to to coaching. Uh, it's it's going to allow him to get over you know the highs and the lows, the ebbs and the flows of, of just the season, of just who he is, how grounded he is, how mature he is. But Jacorian kind of had a unique high school career. He only started one year. Obviously played a lot in college, but how, how much potential do you think he has to continue to grow given that he's relatively 
those experience maybe isn't as extensive as it's maybe You know, uh, I mean, the skill set, he has a good skill set, you know, more so than anything. He has a good skill set to play the position. Uh, we're fortunate enough to have a lot of guys that are, you know, it's, it makes it a lot easier to coach when you have, you know, guys that are just so talented in the room and competing. And, and everybody can play, and everybody wants to play, and everybody wants to compete. And obviously, he has pretty unique speed. I mean, he ran a 4 3 flat. Um, how does that just change what he's able to do at that position? And, uh, you know, obviously, going against some of those fast receivers, he has to be able to keep up with them and catch up. Maybe he gets to be You know, anytime you had that top end speed, uh, something that I wouldn't know anything about. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but, you know, to have a guy like that who can run with, with pretty much anybody on the field, you know, it helps, of course. You know, and, but knowing how to use it. You have a lot of guys that are just fast, but don't have to change of direction, don't have the anticipation, don't have the instincts to play the game, and that's what he's trying to grow right now. I think I counted like 260 games played and like 80 starts on Brandon Faison, Duke Shelley, Nick Robertson, David Long. How the, the importance of that experience for the roles that you're going to be asking those guys to play, how important is that? Oh, it's, it's always important. You know, it's always important to have guys that have been out there, guys that understand it, and, and more so what it does is it, it helps with the pores, you know, to be able to reflect and say, hey, I've been in this situation, you know, and it's more situational football than anything. And how much, I guess, how much stock do you put in the, uh, the interceptions that they had on uh, Friday and Saturday that seemed to be kind of stacking them up? And not, not only that, but it seemed like they're being spread out across the across the defensive uh, secondary. How much, uh, how excited were you guys and how much, you know, or do you see it as just like this is just practice? Or? Yeah, well, well, the deal is, though, we, we know that the guys are attacking the football and we're excited about that and, and you know the biggest thing is I mean we celebrated that day but we also know whether it be in practice whether it be in the preseason people are going they start counting them when the season when the regular season starts so we're just focused on getting better you know you, you can only coach the guys that they bring in as you mentioned you're going to coach the guys that are out there but how big was it that they brought guys in from college that had ball production they were, they were used to getting their hands on the ball and, and a Bennett and a Chris Smith that, that always helps that always helps you know guys who get their hand on the ball you know from a young age usually get their hand the ball all the way through the NFL, and uh, for for the staff to identify those guys, I mean, it's really helped us. Jason Simmons, right there, defensive backs, pass, pass game coordinator for the Silver and Black, one of the many assistants that we had an opportunity to catch up with earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on the defensive side of things. Jason Simmons, Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach, you probably actually heard him in the background of a lot of that with Jason Simmons. He was not too far from him. Rob Leonard, the defensive line coach, and also Chris Ash, defensive back coach. On the offensive side of things, Jerry Slobinski, the tight ends coach, Kennedy Palomalo, the running back coach, Bo Hardegree, quarterbacks coach, Carmen Brasillo on the offensive line, Edgar Bennett, wide receivers, and Scott Turner, passing game coordinator. So got more sound from those guys along the way before the show is over. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we have Bridget Condon from NFL Network. She'll join the show, talk all things Raiders training camp, and what she saw with Coach David Shaw out there on Sunday at the practice facility when I missed my opportunity to catch up with Coach Shaw as well. I could have had – I could have really done done the – I mean, I could have had the best day ever, honestly, Ari. I could have – Talked for four or five minutes with Coach Shaw one-on-one. Had the ambiance of training camp in the background. It would have been great. You would have heard the horns in the background. Like going to the next drill and everything. It would have been perfect. And then we would have had Bridget on the next day and had it covered from two different bases. Like I could have, I could have, should have, would have. Clearly I didn't. So, you know. Where I, where, I, where I thrive in the locker room type setting like I did today, I failed in that setting. So you win some and you lose some, brother. I lost that one on Sunday. I won this one today. I won the day. 
How about that? I did that. I lost the day on Sunday. And I'll tell you, man, to this moment, it still burns me up that I missed that opportunity. I really, and I, it's really, honestly, and I should not even let it bother me. There's some cats that don't even show up to these kind of events. I should not even be bothered by it, but I am because I know that I'm better than that, and I should have done that. It would have been great for the show. I can appreciate that, the, the, the energy. Yeah, yeah, well, the energy the, didn't the energy the, didn't get me where it needed to get me. <laughs> no, I, I mean, all joking aside, though, anyone to me, anyone that's, like, mad about stuff like that, they're passionate, that, that's a good sign. You know, that's, like, on, on the football field, honestly. Like, you had a heck of a game, but you missed that one tackle. Like, ah. Yeah, but that's that one tackle that you missed that ended up going for a touchdown and you lost the game. Thanks, Ari. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Ari. You just kicked me off, off now. <laughs> Let's go to break now. Now, now you look like Homer Simpson trying to back yep. into the, the – yeah, well, my bad. Bye. Yeah, hey, man, Q had a great game. He, he tackled everybody. He knocked every ball down. And the one catch that he let get by, they scored a touchdown and won the game. I was about to say, we even got the dub. It was just that one play, but <laughs> right. I guess not. Right. It's like Failure. It's, it's like all the passes that I knocked down while I was playing street football against Vegas Jess, and then the one that he remembers the most is the one where he pushed me in the small of my back, and I fell, and I scraped my hands up and everything. Really? That's just – I never yeah. heard such a thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even the, know about that. He doesn't brag okay. about all the plays where I knocked him down, him and Jason. I was I was all over Jason like a glove. I might have thrown him into a car that was parked next to us. I don't know. Oh. I mean, it was a nice throw. It was a, it was a very it wasn't a very mean throw. You know, it wasn't like an angry throw. It was just, you know, hey, you got to bump and arm. run, bump and run, right? Stay low, stay low. So all <laughs> those great plays that I made and the one that I might not have made because I got you know, offensive pass interference pushed off in the small of my back. No, you know, that's the one that everyone wants to talk about. So, Such is life, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of pep talk I could possibly give you right now. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't need – man, look, I give myself a, pop, a pep talk when I get out of bed. I got problems. Right. I already know. 69187, yeah. keyword r I know the text line has no problems. And you can hit us up. What position group are you most encouraged by and what position group – are you most concerned about? That's the question I asked. Bridget Condon, NFL Network, joins us at 4 o'clock. But we'll take your calls and texts coming up next here on Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R, so don't be broke.com. Text sign. You want to get your feedback in on the show, you could do that. Anytime we don't have a guest. You could definitely call us. We definitely appreciate you. Bridget Condon from NFL Network, she's going to make her return to the show coming up at the top of the hour. Excited about that conversation. My man Ari has given me the thumbs up that he was able to secure the sound from yesterday when she had to hang up real quick because uh, because the, she had to go and get on TV. So we're going to, while she's on hold, uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to play that for her. we got to ask her, did she make it on TV on time? So that's coming up at the top of the hour. I look forward to that, but I definitely look forward to talking to you as well. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Raider X. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's going on, brother? Chilling. Uh, hey, hey, hey. So – I got a couple things. I think your question was, uh, you know, what are you excited about and what's on the down? Uh, what am I worried about? Uh, I'm really excited, actually, about um, the kicking team and the special teams. Ooh. Because it looks like they added a lot of overall speed. So, and reason why I want to see on how that coverage works because of the changes, especially in that kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, want to see how they play that and if they're able to play a little different since they have a little bit more speed on the, on the coverage team. So... I, I know it, from what we hear and what we've, what we've been told, you know, they're a lot more uh, – McDaniel's crew is a little bit more strategic and uh, is supposedly, you know, a lot more plotting on, 
on certain tech, uh, you know, techniques and applications. So I was kind of worried, and I was just kind of interested to see on how that all plays out. Maybe what we might get a little bit of a sneaky advantage. I mean, I thought that was pretty crafty last year on when they put the, you know, added that little bit of height to the to the ball on the kickoffs, and they got yeah. more air out of it. That was kind of cool. So obviously they're taking things and looking things in different directions outside of the box, and that's that's exciting. Yeah, uh, it is. What I'm concerned about is is obviously that D line. I'd like to see can they fix. I want to see what are, what are they going to do that's different that they did last year because um, you know it, it just didn't start off well. I don't know if it was a Chandler Jones thing, and then if it was, who are they going to sit there and if it doesn't work this year for Chandler Jones? Obviously, that answer would have been Tyree Wilson, but um, you know that's not going to fruition. So what are they going to do with that? And uh, that's my kind of spin, but I had a question for you to see if you have any insight. Okay. Um, you know, because you're, you're in the know, you're hanging out in the locker room, you know, and I, I, just for Raider Nation overall, you know, kind of get that cue spin in there. You know, I know they're not going to give us any type of really good answers about, you know, what's he doing, what's his progress, you know, he'll get out there when he gets out there. But he has to be doing something behind the scenes. So, you know, is he hanging out, you know, working on the padded room at least, you know, going through, like, walking through some motions with his hands, you know, with, you know, Chandler and Max, kind of like going through, you know, some steps, or, or is it just sitting down in the classroom, which I highly, you know, I mean, it's a foot injury. Right. So, I mean, is he lifting weights? Is he bulking up? Um, you know, what's he doing? Because he's spending some time there. Obviously, right. you know, he's doing, he's doing things behind the scenes. You know, is his progress better? Is he putting more weight on the foot? Is he able to run? You know, what, what is it? I know they don't want to give away their hand. Right. But I, I like I like to see you know if they can give a little bit more because that would be kind of cool because we okay there's progress okay so when he maybe he's not on the field per se but not everybody's on the field I mean he can come out there you know blasting away it looks like they did they kind of got Byron Run Byron Young uh, ready right. No, they did, and thank you for the call, Raider X. I appreciate you, and yeah, as far as I know, when it comes to Tyree Wilson, man, he's on the NFI list, right? So really, he's not allowed to do a whole lot of, like, any kind of activity. He's doing rehab, and he's doing a lot of classroom work. He's doing a ton of classroom work, where Byron Young, when he was, he was on the pub list, which is something that happened in the NFL. The NFI list is an injury that happened when you weren't in the NFL, so they've got to go ahead and get that all cleared before he can get out there. So uh, really, a lot of the work is all literally clear classroom work that he's going through right now and he's been doing that a lot neil farrell as well has been doing the same thing and apparently uh, they're in a good place right there but physically they're not in a good place yet and it's just a wait and see type approach and uh when they're able to get out there so there's not a whole lot i hate that i can't provide you with too much more i would love to keep deep diving and asking and asking and asking and we will uh sooner rather than later i'm sure we'll see tyree wilson out there but as of right now that's all i got for you bridget condon joins the show next it's radio nation radio 920